Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Happy Monday. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Very good. Thank good. you. Before we get started, we want to talk about Blinken's uh, Blinken trip. Yeah, <laughs> you trip. know, to Kiev, because that uh, certainly has caught our attention. But I just want to also mention that it looks like the military-industrial complex is doing their job right. They're lobbying like lobbyists are supposed to be. And here the White House will announce a new arms transfer to Ukraine this week. All right. You're, you keep track of all this, yeah. don't you? Is this number four? Uh -huh. It's another, at least, yeah. At it's least. another bunch of money, and I think they're up to about 3.4 billion now, yeah. and, and that's going to continue for a while. Especially if our worries, uh, unfortunately, come about, and that is that the war does not go away quickly, and it gets expanded, and the weapons will flow until everybody goes bankrupt yeah. or somebody takes over the world. So anyway, that'll be coming. But I want to talk uh, f first off about uh, the trip uh, with uh, uh, w with Blinken. You yeah. know, Blinken uh, went there uh, along with the Secretary of State and uh, and, and uh, indicating that um, maybe maybe they're concerned about what's happening. You know, <laughs> over there, uh, because most of the time these guys stay at home. But uh, they're, they're over there right now trying to figure it out, I guess. But I, I think it means nothing but more trouble. I mm. mean, uh, it may be a bad sign. I don't think it is because some people are pretending that uh, the Russians have been whipped, you know, this sort of thing. I don't think that is the case. But what they were doing there is, remains to be seen. But uh, they were worried enough, I guess, to go make a visit. Well, I think it was extraordinary, and I think the purpose it was meant to serve is to demonstrate very clearly to the world that the U.S. is buying in on this. The U.S. is fully committed. If you think about the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State, two of the highest-ranking uh, civilians in the, in the U.S. government, apparently, from what we are told, physically went to Kiev, even though we've seen Russian rockets hitting Lvov, hitting elsewhere in western Ukraine. So, so if they did go, and some of the conspiracy theorists would say, well, there's no proof they were really there because they were in a bunker. Who knows? But if they really did go there, it shows an extraordinary level of personal commitment among high-ranking U.S. government officials to show that we are with Ukraine 100 uh, percent. It almost feels like a NATO commitment when you have these two high-ranking officials there. Um, and we actually have, in the purpose of our subject as it is, we have a clip from Blinken after he gets there and if we can if we can cue that up and listen to it it's only about 18 seconds but it basically conveys the whole message that the US wants to give the world uh, as they travel to Ukraine so if we have here we go let's listen to this whole 18 seconds in terms of Russia's war aims Russia has already failed and Ukraine has already succeeded because the principal aim that President Putin brought to this in his own words was to fully subsume Ukraine back into Russia to take away its sovereignty and independence. And that has not happened and clearly will not happen. It's a weird backdrop, but essentially, I mean, it sort of brings to mind, and someone else said this, not me, it kind of reminds you of that mission accomplished moment when President Bush oh. was on the plane and he said, we did it, we did it, uh, and the war dragged on. We don't know, but it, it certainly has a feel, maybe it's propaganda value, but he says Russia has already failed and Ukraine has already succeeded. 
he, you wonder about them. You wonder where, where their minds are. Have they deceived themselves? What's the strategy? It doesn't seem to be good strategy. But what about uh, a week or so ago, it was Biden and Harris. They were going to go. Uh -huh. And that, that sort of blew the minds of a lot of people. So somebody, uh, you know, let that slip. But who knows? It might, it might have been Biden himself for all we know. But that was, uh, that was sort of squelched after a little bit. Yeah. But... Uh, what they have in mind, you know, they, they, it doesn't make much sense. It, and, you know, you have to assume everything that's on the surface, at least I do, everything on the surface and what they say here and do this is all part of the propaganda. Uh, but it seems like uh, they're not good judgments of what they're doing, even though it's propaganda. And, and uh, they do convince a lot of people of the need to be there, you know, there's still a lot of Americans think this is very important, you know, uh, for us to be involved. But I just hope there's a growing number of people are waking up uh, before another 19 year or 20 year war goes on or a disaster like we had in the 60s and even in the 50s. It just goes on and on. Uh, I, I kept thinking that it would be a new era uh, after the uh, after the end of the Cold War. But uh, my hopes have been sort of shattered by then. But uh, I, I still hope people there'll be enough people around to think about it. <laughs> you know, there's just no, yeah. no sense in all this. Well, the Come real ahead. danger isn't a 19-year war. The real danger is about a 20-minute war, which is what we're, we're, we're yeah, leaning for. Yeah, that's true. But let's look at a couple of clips. Here is apparently Zelensky meeting with the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State, supposedly in Kiev, uh, showing a huge level of solidarity. And the other thing that came out of this is uh, Lloyd Austin from Raytheon, by the way, by way of the Secretary of Defense, he also says something, and we were there when he was there, and the New York Times picked up on it. And this signals a different strategy because the strategy all along, if you remember, Dr. Paul, the mantra was, "We're fighting for Ukraine's democracy. We're fighting for their values because they share our values." Well, let's go to that next clip from the New York Times because they're singing a different tune now. New York Times, Monday, April 25th, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said the U.S. wanted Russia to be weakened and unable to rebuild its military, a bolder American stance. So this is now saying what their real goal is, that the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia and make sure that Russia does not have the ability to very quickly reproduce its military capacity. That's a shift. And, and you know, this has been verified by the president of Turkey. He comes up and said that and Turkey's in NATO, but an independent-minded country right now and uh, said that some NATO members uh, want prolonged, they, they want it on purpose. Yeah. And, and it's almost like there was one statement that said, sacrificing some U Ukrainians is not all that bad. <laughs> you know, it, it was, let them go in there and suffer about what we need. Our goal is, you know, to just weaken, weaken Russia. But, you know, it's exactly opposite of what I believe and we sort of promote, and that is, more friendship and, and, and more train, more dependence on each other. So what was the first thing that Biden does? They made sure that uh, we'd interfere with uh, Russia selling oil to Europe, you know. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's NATO and Europe fighting, uh, you, you know, Russia. And so it's back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and there's really no honest diplomacy, no talks, no concern. There's no peace movement, it seems, on either side.
What's interesting about <coughs> Zelensky is he shows such a sense of entitlement to our money. And this is, uh, this is a quote we got it through antiwar.com. Well, here's Zelensky when he's, he's telling us that, hey, Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State, they're going to be here tomorrow. They're going to be here tomorrow. And look at this quote. If you can put this next one on. However, on Saturday, Zelensky stated that he expected high-level U.S. officials to visit Kiev and bring weapons. Quote. Now listen to this. Talk about chutzpah. He said, you can't come to us empty-handed today. And we're expecting not just presents or some kind of cakes. We're expecting specific things and specific weapons. I mean, this, get a load of this guy. And, you know, the U.S. is responding. Let's put up that <coughs> supplemental. This just came out, I think, in the Washington Post. Janet Yellen, she's been suiting up for this battle for a while. No, the supplemental, if we can. I know it's a, it's a pain, this, the bonus clip. But um, and talk about, here's more chutzpah. Ukraine asked the U.S. for $2 billion a month in economic aid. So it's not enough that we sent them $4 billion in weapons and another few billion in economic aid. Now they basically want to go on the welfare rolls and have the American taxpayer dole out $2 billion a month. There was a time in history, and there are still a few people around it, when you start talking about spending, you say, well, People have to earn this money, and it has to be uh, taxed, and they take it and they pay it. But that, that doesn't even enter the equation because, you know, it's this uh, management of the world reserve currency that permits the printing presses to run. So, yes, we're capable of doing sending $2 billion. We can send $4 billion a month. It's, it's endless. But what is not endless is the money uh, really uh, buying anything. And that's, what's, that's what we're in the beginning of, the destruction of the value of, of, the, of the dollar. So yes, it uh, it would cost us, uh, uh, but the goal is to make Russia suffer the most. But my immediate reaction, well, it was going to you know be a big cost to us because it will be dollars and the people will suffer. It will cause more inflation here, precipitate more inflation. It would go on and on. But I think it's probably true, not just this example, but uh, both sides seem to suffer, except maybe for the very, very wealthy. But sometimes the very, very wealthy and those who connive the most, the, 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 the Nazi leaders didn't all get out of there in time. You yeah. know? So there's, there's, but there's always a few, most, most business people, arms manufacturers, they, they tend to protect themselves well enough against the inflation and all these other things. But uh, ultimately, though, the masses suffer, the average middle class people, the people who have to fight the wars. So it's just a shame that the people just don't wake up and say, we don't need war. Yeah. We don't need it. It's not serving our purpose. We'd like to live in a free society. And it, it seems so logical to us. We just wonder why there aren't more people joining in. <laughs> Well, propaganda is a big reason why, uh, you know. Let's put on this next one. This is from Anti-War, and you alluded to this in your opening, but I think it's worth restating. Uh, uh, this is the clip from Anti-War here. Uh, White House will announce a new arms transfer to Ukraine this week, as you pointed out in the beginning. This is John Finer. He's the Deputy National Security Advisor. We're going to have a new, yet another, weapons package this week. He told Meet the Press's Kirsten Welker, quote, We've been announcing deliverables, which is a fancy word for things we are providing to the Ukrainians to enable their fight just about every day, and if not every day, every week. And we'll have a lot more to say about that in the week ahead. That all sounds fine, 
But on the other end, the Russians have already sent a letter warning, stop arming Ukraine. Uh, this is dangerous. And this is, uh, put on that next uh, clip, that's a, that's a tweet from Michael Tracy, who's always very an, a very astute observer. <clears throat> and this is the point. This is coinciding with the visit, Dr. Paul, of the Secretaries of Defense and State. Michael Tracy points out, U.S. Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State enter Ukraine. Shortly thereafter, explosions at one of Russia's military logistics hubs, 100 miles inside Russian territory. Recall, the U.S. has bragged that it will now provide Ukraine with intel for offensive combat operations. This is very dangerous. It's very stupid, you know, on the long run. On the short run, oh yeah, this is tough stuff. So th this just gives the opening. It's another ratchet higher because, uh, you know, this. If, if, when we start or NATO or whoever directs it, going into Russia and starts doing this. And <clears throat> now, if, if uh, the odds were equal, but I think Russia has a few nukes left over. Yeah. And, they, and they don't hesitate to talk about it. They don't, they, they, I mean, just this week, I, uh, Putin made the point, don't they remember what, what, what we have in our arsenal? And, and so they're, they're playing with, uh, not fire, they're playing with nuclear disaster yeah. is what they are. And uh, I think uh, the sentiment, just as I remember it was, uh, you know, back uh, in the Cold War in the 50s, uh, it's sort of reaching that atmosphere of uh, people thinking, well, you know, I guess it could happen. And, and, and they just go on merrily on and, and, uh, and, and pretend that the, there's no threat. But they keep ratcheting up the, yeah. the uh, engagement and uh, the misunderstanding. So it, I, I just think that both sides misinterpret what the opposition might do. And both of them react differently than they, they predict. And, uh, and that's how, how these wars really build, and then, then control is lost. And both Ukraine and Russia will tend to emphasize their gains and de-emphasize their losses. That's just a matter of using you know, propaganda. Yeah. So you'll see a lot about the Russian successes without seeing a lot of the, you know, the, the blown up things, and the same with Ukraine. The fact of the matter is, though, you know, the U.S. administration said over the weekend that Mariupol is not in uh, Russian hands. Well, that's really not the case. It, it is, and there have been, actually there was some video from church services there for the first time in Mariupol. They've also said, uh, Zelensky said he's going to take back Crimea, which is kind of hard to pass <laughs> the laugh factor, because the reality is when you look at maps that are put out by both sides, including the Neocon Institute for the Study of War and the pro-Russia and the pro-Ukraine, as we've talked about, as Scott Ritter talked about on Thursday, you see the vast majority of Ukraine's army about to be encircled in eastern, uh, in Donbass area. So it's really hard to come up with the, uh, the conclusion that you're about to retake Crimea or maybe Moscow when you have most of your military surrounded. Now, maybe they've got an amazing plan to break out of it, but um, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of propaganda on both on both sides. There's, there's no no doubt about it, and they live with that. They do it in a preliminary way, and we've uh, watched that for years, especially in this century. You know, the Middle East, the, the buildup in the Middle East was constantly propaganda. Even with H.W., you know, it wasn't just uh, H. Bush. Yeah, H.W. Yeah. Bush was doing doing the, the W. Bush. It was H.W. Uh, Bush started it too. Yeah. For the uh, <laughs> and, and and that tragic ending was. Piles, you know, the, the stupidity of all that and 
I don't know what drives them, where mm -hmm. their moral, how they lose their moral bearing. Yeah. But uh, peace does not seem to be on the top of the list of seeking peace. Not you on know, the uh, it's just sort of sad. They won't even allow people to have athletic functions. That is so disgusting. Yeah. You know, of, uh, of of punishing the athletes uh, because of politics, and and there is an answer that you can have trade. <laughs> they oh. You mean to say that Germany is going to buy gas and oil, you know, from Russia, and Russia could supply and take care of all of Europe? Oh no, we don't want that. That's too simple. We yeah. we want to uh, uh, discipline the people and go on with it. Well, the other fallout here is that NATO uh, is looking to Finland and Sweden as potential new members, and you can put up that uh, tweet. Actually, I think you're going to have to skip one clip and put up that zero hedge tweet because this will sort of highlight what we're talking about. Finland will likely submit application for NATO membership in coming weeks. I believe the individual on the right is the defense minister for Finland. Uh, so they announced they've, been, they've had a history of being neutral, Sweden and Ukraine, even through World War II. But now apparently they wish to have NATO membership and to have the Article 5 protection that we will go to war if anything happens to them. You, you wonder whether it's the pressure from the West and NATO that that makes it happen or they're truly frightened but can you can you think about you know the onslaught of the Nazis and the communists yeah. to World War II and, and they still didn't capitulate you know in Sweden we were always told in school and all you know Switzerland and Sweden yeah they're, they're neutral they weren't totally neutral, yeah, but, but they, they were neutral, and they didn't they didn't march their kids off, yeah. you know. And it was amazing; they always had to have an exchange post. Both sides, I understand, like exchange post. Yeah. So, but uh, no, Finland says they will likely submit the application, mm. and um, that will once Finland does that, then Sweden said they'll do it too. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, that's just you know more obligations. For the American taxpayers, it's a. Uh, I think Pat Buchanan wrote a good article yeah. about why, what this sets it up for. You know, the littlest, not the littlest, but any significant attack on them, a border dispute or something, then we have this obligation. Of course, uh, we see it as a stupid obligation. Other people say, if we see this as an opportunity, we will have to send more more weapons and all there. But uh, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's it's a, a real sad state of affairs. So right now, I guess so far today, we're talking about more escalation or the threat of escalation, and and yet we don't have uh, anybody on our side really talking peace. Uh, and uh, I don't uh, think that uh, many people are going to listen to the peace movement in Russia. I'm sure there's a peace movement in Russia because uh, that's a dangerous thing to do. But this is this is aggravation. This this really always pushes me back to uh, the end of World War Two and, and Robert Taft. Stay out of it. Yeah. But, but the founders argued that too. Stay out of Europe, especially Europe. But stay out of the. If you ever wanted to find an entangling alliance, you know, look at what NATO is. Uh, and, and, you know, it gets worse all the time. The only good thing that could come about for this, it will totally bankrupt this country and we'll have to quit using our printing presses to fight stupid wars. Yeah. Well, the foolishness of this whole thing, you know, Russia says to the U.S., look, we don't want missiles on our border. The U.S. says, who cares? We'll do it anyway. Russia invades Ukraine. 
So what does U.S. and NATO do? They say, oh, well, let's grin in Finland with a thousand miles of borders uh, with Russia and let's put some missiles there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is really stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different answer. And it's not to excuse, but if we would be the same way if a hostile China or if ISIS started putting middles, uh, missiles on the border with Mexico. That's the exact same way we'd feel. You can talk about bleeding. Do you think the Russians will have a better opportunity to bleed us when these borders, because because there was this legitimacy of what was going on with Ukraine and Russia and their history and all that was a lot different. But now you, you add more, more of these countries in these huge borders, whether it's China or Russia. I mean, it won't take much to bleed us. I mean, we're already more bled than most people admit yeah. that we are uh, and, and that th things are out of control. Well, you mentioned Pat Buchanan. There is a great quote. This is an article we published last week. I think it was, if we can put on that next clip. Uh, the second to last clip, and it's a long one, but a couple of good points that he makes as usual. Why is it wise for us to formally agree in perpetuity, as NATO is a permanent alliance, to go to war with Russia for Finland? You know, given the war in Ukraine and concomitant crisis in Eastern Europe, it's understandable why Stockholm and Helsinki would seek greater security beneath the U.S. nuclear umbrella. And here's a great point. But why should we voluntarily agree to give Sweden and Finland these war guarantees. Why would we commit to go to war with Putin's Russia, a war that could and likely would escalate to the use of tactical nuclear weapons, especially if Russia were losing? And he, he finalizes this quote, Finland was neutral during the Cold War. Sweden has been neutral since the Napoleonic Wars of the early 19th century. How did we suffer from their neutrality? <laughs> Good point. Uh, absolutely. and. Uh it looks like it's going to end, you know, it look, looks like that Sweden will capitulate and go, go along with them. So that to me is a sad story and all I can say is we, we will continue to do our best to get the information. And I think it, not only the information, it's the biggest job now, there's a lot of information. It's which side are you going to believe yeah. you know but th that's been an eternal problem but uh and it's more difficult when they're leading up to war there is a war going on because the saying is that that's the first sacrifice is the uh, telling telling the truth but uh governments now especially our government i think uh, is probably at the bottom uh, it's ever been because uh, even though there's been a lot of fibbing going on from the very beginning, I would think the, uh, the lying now, when you think of our Justice Department and our Defense Department and our CIA and all oh, this activity, and uh, it is pretty hard for people to keep, keep up with it all. And uh, it's much easier to say, well, you know, I'd like to just forget about yeah. it. And uh, I, don't, I don't fault people like that because if that was their biggest fault, that they just want to forget about it and they don't want to engage, let, let the other people do the discussion and let them work it out on how, how countries should get together. And uh, there's, some, there's a few examples in the world where countries have uh, lived by, beside each other and uh, war never broke up. Yeah. Well, you're right. You say everyone's asking, well, which side are you on, Russia's side, Ukraine's side? Unfortunately, there are a few of us who are on America's side, right? <laughs> yeah. What's in it for us? What should we be doing? Well, I'm going to close, Dr. Paul, with a reminder. This is Monday morning. If you can put up that final clip. Just over a month away, our conference in Houston, the Biden Doctrine, New World Order or Nuclear Armageddon. I'm pleased to report that over eight out of ten available tickets have been sold. 
we're actually going to have to contact the venue and see if we can get a little bit more space because we don't want to have to turn people away if we can avoid it. So get your tickets. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org. You'll see in the upper right hand corner of our website a link to where you can click on and check it out. Uh, it's going to be a great event. We announced last week that Scott Ritter is going to be there. That show was huge. We had Scott on on Thursday. It was huge. So people obviously want to see Scott speak. We'll announce a couple more speakers here in the next couple of days. But we're going to have a great event. It's reasonably priced uh, for a full breakfast and a big group of speakers. Uh, so we hope that you'll join us in Houston June 4th, ronpaulinstitute.org. And I'll also put a link in the description. Very good. Dr. Paul? Very good. And I hope to see a lot of you at that little meeting we're having there, and I uh, look forward to that. But uh, a lot of people are seeking information, and it's difficult to sort it all out. It's difficult for me to make sure I read this, I read that, my instinct says one thing, and then you wonder about the other. But that, that, I think, is something that goes on in life all the time. But some, most of the time, people don't really care. <laughs> Whatever they want to believe, they believe. But when it gets into war and peace, it makes, it makes a big difference, you know, if, uh, if they believe one way or the other. But the people that really scare me the most are the ones who aren't even seeking anything. They've already made up their mind, and they've decided... Well, why, why even bother doing this? Because finding truth is impossible. They're nihilists, you know. And, uh, and this is so much of the philosophy of the authoritarians, whether they're fascists or communists or whatever. You can't know the truth, so we'll establish the truth. And so the Soviet system and a, and a radical communist and a fascist, that is the case. But just think of how many people now are participating in the various groups in this country. So it, uh, I think so often it boils down to a moral issue because uh, I, I do believe that uh, if you look at it and look at the whole picture, the type of government uh, a country has is a reflection of what the people, the prevailing attitude of the people. When you have a prevailing attitude, say, of Christian morality, you have a different government. And, with the, and the, certainly there was a moral principle based on what the founders were doing. So uh, yes, we can come up with perfect uh, uh, foreign policy decisions and, and say, do this, buy this weapon, do this, and talk about military uh, process. But ultimately, the, the people have to decide they want to live in a free country, understand what freedom is, and how many tremendous benefits can come from it. So we will continue to pursue those goals. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.